Hey guys, this week, Walt Ribeiro joins us from ForaOrchestra.com. We talk about the death of Google Reader and so much more. Stay tuned. Awesome cast. Welcome to the Awesome Cast 141. I'm Mike Sorg here in the studios in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. We're here to get geeky, talk tech, and just have some fun over the next hour here. Uh, again, I'm alone in the studio again. It's just me, the monkey head, and this owl. Uh, but joining us still via Skype, he's still being ostracized, is Chachi of InsertCoinToBegin.com. How you doing, Hey, guys. Sir? Now, you're still, you're trying, you're, trying to, you're trying to get away from me, sir. I am? No, it, it has nothing to do with you. It's my work schedule. Despite the fact that we hung out last night. Yeah, it, it's honestly, uh, my work schedule is so uh, messed up right now. I, last week after the shows, uh, I ate dinner, did dishes, went to bed. It was a half hour total. That's, it, that's even without the Mayhem show worked in there, too. Yeah, so. I, I didn't do the Mayhem show. I, I went straight to bed after that. So, yeah, it, it's just crazy. So, uh I only have a few more weeks, okay, honestly, okay. and then. Uh, so I don't back. have to start a "Where's Chachi" segment on the show like we did with Rob. Well, no, because I, I'm usually here anyhow. Okay. So I, I, you know where I am? I'm in my cave. You don't go very far. <laughs> no, I, I did. Did you see? I retweeted a "Where's Rob" uh, from earlier in the week. I did. Where he said he was back in Pittsburgh for 24 hours, and and who knows where he is from there. Something about yeah. climbing on shipping containers. So, yeah, I go. saw that. Uh, somebody else who's not in Pittsburgh joins us once again back on the show. Walt Ribeiro from Philadelphia. Yeah, straight from Philly. What's up? What's up? How long have you been back in Philly? Uh, I'd say for maybe like six months, seven months. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah. Of course, uh, Walt's with uh, the great fourorchestra.com. I have several of his songs loaded on my iPhone right now. Um, so, what's that? No, I said that's good to hear. Like, so I'm surprised because I haven't arranged uh, that many. I haven't arranged that many that many Justin Bieber songs yet. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's Chachi's phone. Okay. No, no. Uh, for me, it was the uh, the Call Me Maybe mix. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, that one. Uh, Gets stuck in my head. I can't help it. Let's see. I think I have a little bit of. Uh, let's see. I have some Mega Man, some Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, uh, Doctor Who, and of course some uh, Lady Gaga. Wow. So, By the way, so, that Mega Man one was a was a trip to arrange. It was awesome. It was amazing. I loved it. It was amazing. We took it took me right back, man. So so how is everything going? How is for orchestra? Yeah. What you have any other endeavors uh, uh, coming up here? You want to throw out there? No. Just you know. So. You know, it's weird. It's like I'm on like a like a crazy weekly schedule. Um, so I mean, there's it's just from like a week to week thing. Whereas I kind of just arrange a song that people just they vote for, and then that's one that, that I arrange. Um, but there's like no big kind of launch coming up in, in a week or two. It's just really the next week is uh, you know what's going to be the next song. So there's really nothing to announce. It's just kind of a cool thing to do week after week. That I, I don't know what's going to happen next week. Basically, is what I'm saying. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. It goes for com. Go check that out. It's a it's a buck on the iTunes. It's it's, it's easy to be like, hey, let, uh, that, that's that's something I gotta have, you know. And whenever I see like a new release or something, like, yep, there we go. Um, excellent. Um, so let's get right into it uh, with your awesome thing of the week. Now, Chachi, you had one. I did. Um, 
it's a little unorthodox for what we talked about on the show. That's fine. Um, We're all about unorthodox. But it actually fits. Um, There's this furniture company, uh, Frahids, who has a basic set uh, ranging in price from $165 to almost $1,200. It it is uh, end tables, desk, uh, dining room tables, all uh, plywood furniture, well-made, that you build without tools. Uh, it, it all it all comes in it basically uh, what I'm imagining is uh, a, a, an IKEA type box with all the parts in it and then you put it together like uh, Legos or connects well, see I could see myself buying something like that being being that I'm very minimal and I travel a lot and I don't really like I don't like the idea of buying like twenty dollars worth of like wrenches and stuff just to put something together uh, <laughs> that looks awesome. You know, right, I, I and it, and it's not it, it it lets you avoid the aggra- aggravation of uh, the IKEA, the IKEA uh, Allen wrench, mm-hmm. which is ultimately just a huge pain. Oh yeah, I, I actually, uh, I, as you know, Chach, I, I'm moving from just I, I'm literally just moving across the hall and have these big L desks that we bought when we first put uh, start getting that uh, office together. And uh, it was like, do we have Allen wrenches? Thankfully, my resourceful as hell wife with her tools uh, has an Allen wrench set. <laughs> so, uh, so I was able to get that thing apart enough to move it through a doorway at least. Uh, but yeah, you know, that's pretty cool. And it's stuff, the stuff looks good. And it looks like, actually, it looks like it's a little bit more pricey than like an Ikea type situation though. But, yeah, but then you have to think it's like that your time is worth money. So if it costs you, let's true. say, like an extra 50 bucks, like you're not – you know, you're not like I, I mean. There, so there's times when like just a little table will take me like six hours to put together from IKEA, just because it's it's just, it's just the worst time of, of your entire life. Like I'd right. rather just either pay an extra hundred bucks to buy it preassembled, mm-hmm. or pay an extra fifty bucks to like not have to worry about any um, wrenches and stuff. Right, and, and in the article it states that some of the tables you can build in less than three minutes. So, I mean, uh, from box open to completion, you're looking at probably a very nice end table in two and a half minutes flat. So, Soar, you can put on your favorite Justin Bieber song, build the table, <laughs> all before the song gets finished. That's what that, that's, that's, the, that's what, a true test right there. That's what Chachi is saying to you right now. Right. That's his, exactly. He's selling it to you. Awesome. Awesome. I, I, yeah, yeah. When I refurnish it, furnish the, uh, the new Sorgatron Media Studio, I'll have to be looking at these, you know. You know. Especially in this business, you never know how portable you're going to need to be, right? Right. And, so. I mean, how many times have we been places without tables and could have really used a table? Well, you, you t- are you saying we bring this on the road with us to the, uh, the shoots and stuff? Well, I mean, if it takes less than three minutes to put together, why the hell not? Be fancy. Be fancy. Oh, you get, you, you get mad when I tell you to set up a third camera. I know. You know. Uh, that's, my, that's my personal feeling. <laughs> but, I mean, you want to you wanna go out and use a, a wooden table that looks awesome and takes three minutes to put together. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to hate you for it. I'm sure. So I've been looking. I'm trying to find an image of mine because, you know, you know, rather than me just uh, running upstairs and grabbing the one I've been using. And this is nothing new uh, for my pick. Uh, but uh, this is something. Is this work? There it is. Remember this? These guys. 
the uh, old Pac-Man joystick plug it in your TV game? Uh, yeah, considering I'm holding one. Oh, wait, you got one over there? Wait, which yeah. one you got? Wait, oh, you got the Atari one. I got that one up on the TV upstairs. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, I, like I said, I've, I've kind of been re rearranging my office situation. <laughs> and and, uh, and I'm like, I am like, I need to put, and you know, Chachi, you know I, I've been dealing with, like, I work too much. I don't play enough video games, right? What's going on over there? I was putting it away. Put it back in the drawer? Yeah. <laughs> Everything else it sounds like. Um... But, you know, I've been trying to to figure out how can I kind of put video games in front of me so I'll, I will, like, one, take a break from work and actually do them. And, and, and I was getting – I had a good session of Dig Dug going today because I put the joystick. I, I have a TV set up in the office, uh, uh, much like the one Walt's got in the background there. Like that. Um, yeah, nice, nice, large, old school thing that would be great for playing old games on, right? So uh, – and I have it sitting right on my office desk. So it's like, you know what? That render is going to take a while. I can get a game of Dig Dug in. I don't understand Dig Dug worth anything, though. How did that become popular? Joshy as the game master. You're talking about a gaming era where uh, Pong, uh, Pac-Man, Asteroids, uh, things of that nature were extremely popular. Mm -hmm. So a, a game like Dig Dug, of course it's going to be popular. I mean... <laughs> Who understands Joust? People still play it. Guys riding on or ostriches. I get that. Don't you want to ride on an ostrich? Wait, you get that? You get that over? That? Isn't that? Wait, isn't that what they're they're like? They're like ostriches. You ride on a Joust, right? Wait, Joust isn't jou isn't Jousting? Oh, never mind. I'm thinking of fencing. Never mind. Right. But I mean, you're, you're talking about an era where the standards were a lot were a lot uh, lower. Um, <laughs> there wasn't much to base video games on, so Dig Dug uh, was pretty much tops when it came out. Mm -hmm. I mean, post Pac-Man, pre Mario, you're just looking at an era where that was as good as it got. But you know what? I think that also the limitations of what you had or maybe like what you didn't have is actually what created a good game. Like mm -hmm. I think, I mean, a lot of times when you're writing a piece of music and then someone says, I want you to write a piece of music about anything. Well, that doesn't really stir your, your creativity. So when you start to think within confinements of like, write a piece of music that's one minute and 56 seconds long, it, you can only use three instruments and it can only, you know, um, you know, go up in terms of the melody line. Well, that creates a lot more uh, difficulty and a lot more creativity. So I think that when people are <laughs> trying to build games 20, 30 years ago, you kind of had this, you know, this world of that Pong was maybe the only thing that you could think of. And, that, and, and living within that, you know, of that limitation, you're not going to create like Killzone or Call of Duty. You know? and, and I think that's what creates a longevity with, uh, within a game, you know, between... Pac-Man and Mega Man and Pong and Super Mario Brothers. These are some of the best games that are going to live, I think, for another 20, 30, 50 years, um, more so than even the biggest, you know, 60 frames per second first-person shooter will ever live, you know, because mm -hmm. they're just so creative within their confinement. I've been shut down in the chat room because uh, Alex, is, uh, for one, has said, uh, who are you to doubt Dig Dug? And uh, yeah, and, and Antonio says uh, uh, Dig Dug was the best use of the 8-bits. And it was. Because, I mean, uh, I, to go on what Walt said, 10 years from now, 
what are you really going to remember about video games? I, I mean, seriously, are you going to remember one of the Hopefully. six Call of Duty games that came out for Xbox 360? Or are you going to remember the original Legend of Zelda? Well, first of all, I, I hope you remember the Call of Duty games because as much of a chunk of time that's taken up in your life. 180 uh, hours so 180 far. hours. Holy yeah. crap. I installed um, an app and it keeps track of uh, your playing time. And uh, what game type you play the most? Well, it does that in um, in uh, Elite as well, doesn't it? Yeah. So, um, yeah. It, well, it, and plus, I think yeah, Call of Duty is kind of gonna mesh together into one game, you know? Right. Like I'm, I'm, you know, in my head, I've only played two of them uh, at any length, and it's still I kind of mesh together Modern Warfare three and Black Ops two. Exactly. So, but um, yeah. yeah. And even Alexander Kars in the the chat room said, "I remember Halo." Well, if you're talking about the, the original, of course you're going to remember Halo. Halo is going to be in the conversation for mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, games of a lifetime. It, it's and I it pains me so much to say this, but unfortunately, Halo will always be in the conversation ten years down the road with Legend of Zelda, Mario, and things of that nature. Sure, as a genre buster, as always, the one that brought the first person shooter to the consoles. Right. Yeah. Nah, man. Goldeneye brought the first person shooter to the console. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Goldeneye Gold 64 can consumes like five years of my life. I still think. I mean, you know, you know granted, I, I'm not doubting you, Goldeneye. Okay, like Goldeneye was tremendous, <laughs> but but I think Halo was the first one that brought. Um, you know, like with the, the second brought it was the second one they brought the multiplayer. It was the one that kind of um, uh, made made first person shooters mainstream on a console. Right. Yeah. Because because before that it was like I gotta have my keyboard and mouse. I resisted it for years. I'm like I gotta have my keyboard and mouse. I can't do this console thing. But they did such a good job with it and kind of changed it up a bit. Um, and now I can't even think of getting Black, Black Ops Three uh, on a PC versus my Xbox at this point. Right. So I it, and it's really kind of flipped it. Let me ask you guys both a uh, a question that I argue with my friends a lot. It's like. Could you imagine if Goldeneye or if Goldeneye sixty four had like Nintendo Live, you know, like that if they had a kind of like an Xbox equivalent for the Nintendo sixty four? Like, could you? I mean, wouldn't that have been the first kind of like Halo in a sense? I mean, that was the only thing that was missing. It was, it was, but it was definitely before its time as far as that goes. And right, you can only go so far doing the split screen, you know. Um, right. I mean, people are like, really? I only get part of the screen. Uh, everybody has a bigger screen. Um, but that's back still in the era where everybody got together to play video games. And I think right. the last thing to really do that well was the Wii. Now it's, uh, you know, I, I hang out with all my friends online and we don't, like, come over to play that game anymore, you know? Yeah. So, it's kind of, it, it's, it's, it's so weird. And I'm thinking that a lot, like, sitting in these sessions with, with the guys on, like, Friday, Saturday nights. Uh, playing Black Ops, and there'll be like you know five or six of us, right? And it's not even like really kind of wide spanning. It's like we're just all around Pittsburgh, you know. But we're still like, oh, I'm not going to go. We would just pop it on, and there you are, and you're hanging out with your friends, you mm-hmm. know. So I, I, it's great how it's broken down that barrier. Yet we don't have the same kind of socializing, I think, because of it, you know. Versus, you know, remember Chachi when we got a, a WarioWare and playing that thing? Oh yeah, you that know? was insane. <laughs> It was probably the last time that you had to go somewhere else yeah. to play video games with your friends. Yeah, and I think that's um, I think that's why something like the Wii U now is kind of you know going downhill because they haven't figured out the online yet. It's still it sounds like it's still kind of a pain in the butt uh, right. to do it even on the new console. 
Wii U failed for a lot of reasons. I mean, for one, my parents don't know that Nintendo has a new Wii. I mean, but they have a Nintendo Wii One, mm-hmm. you know, because they want to, you know, do like the Wii Fit and you know all that stuff. But no one, I mean, even me, like I'm not so much like tuned into the space, you know, like I'm not reading like Kotaku, you know, every day and stuff. But uh, you know, it's I mean, even I didn't even really know about the new Wii system until like a couple weeks ago when they started talking about how it flopped. And I said, wait, Wii's got, got Wii's got a new system. True story. I thought that Wii U was actually like kind of like an educational. Uh, section to Wii. Like, I thought it was like Wii, Wii Fit, and then Wii University. It was like, I thought that was like a new thing that they were launching. And I was completely wrong. It, 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 they probably would have been done better with that, right? I it just, it just, everything's felt so flat from their from their announcement to everything. You're like, they never gave me a good reason to buy the thing. It's like, oh, cool, you got an iPad thing, but I have an iPad. So why do I need an iPad just to play your games when the Xbox is letting me do things on it? With what I already have. Have you went to a GameStop and actually held the actual controller? Because it's, listen, it's the worst. Listen, first of all, we, there's a history. I talk about it on the show. I do not go into the GameStop in general. So No? No. No, okay, no right. and they don't have units actually at, uh, at Walmart. So, And that's, that's the only t- chance I would have had. And Best Buy, I'm too busy trying to get something and get out of there right. uh, before I get angry at somebody mis-explaining what a Kindle is to somebody. So then how do you try the controllers? It, because the controller is like 80% yeah. to a purchase. I mean, yeah. if the controller sucks, no matter how powerful the system is, I mean, you've got to try that controller. And so I think that's a big do? problem because unless you're going to, probably the Best Buy has a setup or a GameStop, the general populace are watching the commercials and saying, I don't get it. You know, it's one of those things that you probably do have to experience, you know, just like a lot of people didn't get. Why do I want an iPhone? Why do I want an iPad until you got one in your hands? You're like, oh, there it is. Right. I And, I, and I'm sure it's a great experience. But but even just like going and, you know, sitting in the, you know, looking at the Wii section and uh, the Wii Wii section uh, and, and, and seeing the games they have out. I'm like, you know, there's no Zelda game. There's no Mario game. You know, OK, there's new Mario Brothers, but I, I haven't even played the one on uh, on my Wii yet. Um, and I'm enjoying the one on the DS still, frankly. Um, there's nothing compelling enough for me to drop another, what, three, $400 for a new console. The Wii U controller, just before I finish on this idea, uh, I played it in a GameStop last week, and it was the most uncomfortable controller ever. I felt like I was, like, <laughs> holding a book. It was just – it was very uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. I think I, they were trying to do something different. They are trying to do what they did with the Wii and just kind of, like, grow on that and then, like, well, like a different play experience. But we don't want a different play experience. Everybody still wants to be able to play their Black Ops 2, you know, well. And and I, and I don't even think they have Black Ops on there, but they have like Assassin's Creed and stuff like that. So I I I feel like they're gonna. I don't want to say they're gonna Dreamcast the Wii U, because Dreamcast actually was doing pretty good before they had to pull the plug because of other problems. Uh, but it that's what it feels like. It feels like the Wii U is going to tank way before the rest of these consoles even like hit their stride in this next generation. So, but that's my view on it. Um. All right, we do have... Oh, actually, Walt, before we get to this, Walt, do you have an awesome thing of the week? Awesome thing of the week for me would be the Oculus Rift, which I uh, I, I, I would go to PAX East just to try it out. That's like the, <laughs> that's like the awesome thing that I think is going to change my life. 
That's like, it, that's that's kind of the same idea, right? Like you got to get this, you got to get your hands on this thing in order to understand it, right? Yeah, I mean, I would never buy. I, I would never buy anything like that. I mean, mm-hmm. even like my music software, I, I tend not to uh, to buy unless like I hear it, I feel it, I see it, I try, it, I download a trial. There's been a ton of stuff that I've wanted to download, a ton of like music things that I've wanted to that I've wanted to like download and try, and because they don't have trials, I just don't, I just don't buy them, you know. Hmm. But yeah, no, it's like, I mean, you have to do the trial. I mean, whether, you know, that's why Apple's so successful with their Apple stores. It's because they, they, they understand the importance of people coming in there and trying this technology before they, they buy it. Now, we talked about the Oculus Rift before um, on the show, because I, I, remember, I remember like uh, 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 CES it was a big kind of coming out party for these guys, right? I, well, I guess they were on Kickstarter beforehand. But um, the... Uh, the guys from The Verge were actually uh, uh, checking out and just losing their minds over it on a podcast I was listening to, you know. And, and those, you know, if that something's blowing them away, then it's got to be, you know, something legit, right? Yeah, that's like that's like the one thing because you also have to see through my perspective is that it's an, an open source kind of development. So, um, you know, something like that is going to be, I think, really seductive for me to maybe get like my fingers wet in it. Is like you know, what if I could write a piece of music that, that maybe somehow works with the Oculus Rift? So there's things like that that to me is really interesting. That it's not just like a VR set that I can hack into. Mm. It's uh, like I mean, like it's an actual what I think is going to be like an ecosystem that you know gives me kind of a lot of um, you know almost like a blank palette that I can do like a, like a lot of stuff with. You know, maybe some of it works, maybe some you know some of it doesn't. But for what I think is going to be really awesome for me. That's one of them because I think it's going to go out of the scope of gaming, and that's where it's going to be really effective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's really exciting. It's got the it's got the right people behind it too. Um, I think what was it? it was either John Carmack with with it or um, the guys doing the uh, the uh, uh, Team Fortress Two conversion. They actually said, "Hey, we did it. Uh, it works, but we don't recommend it this way." And just converting something like that, uh, which makes sense. Just taking a first-person shooter and saying you're going to control it this way, because I mean, how much you know? I mean, just talking about the, the mouse and keyboard to a controller, how much have they designed it for that experience? And then throw this whole you know head tracking kind of thing on top of it. It's just not made for it. Of course, you can't port to it. You actually have to design it for exactly. that specific exactly um console if you, you know if you want to call it that and i take this as um and, you know again for the same reasons like the open sourceness and everything i kind of take this as a potential uh much in the way that we've talked about on the show about ouya coming out uh which i think it's shipping i think the the kicks early kickstarters are they're shipping uh, uh i think in the next week if i'm not mistaken yeah so. ouya is like a you know like a hit or miss with me i, <laughs> I don't i don't know whether to love it or hate it uh, I kind of don't like it, but you know, like, I, watch me say that, and then it turns out to be the, like the biggest hit. But I, I think it's going to be more of like a niche product. I think it's, it's not. I think it's, it's time. It's time for something to kind of disrupt the game industry. You know, like like we're kind of seeing that a little bit with indies. Um, but it needs that disruption to happen, you know, much like we've had, you know, say in the music industry and a little bit now in the video industry. You know, that that's all kind of breaking down. You know, and, 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 you know, you're controlled by like, you know, Sony and Microsoft and, and to see a hardware, you know, kind of opportunity like that and with enough steam behind it, you know, without doing the, the, the regular channels, I think is really exciting. So, all right. I got at least one more. I, I think they're trying to send me something in the chat room. Yeah. Um, it doesn't look like uh, links are working in the okay. chat room. Because he, he sent me a weird 
like massive link and I'm not sure what it was. I'll check my emails here and see if he, he sent that over. Uh, but uh, Alexander Cars, who, who he's been submitting a few of these, uh, has one that he submit. He has yeah he submit yeah. Uh, live surf live surface context is an Illustrator plugin that allows designers to come up with concepts they can insert into an actual mock project, uh, like books, billboards, etc. Uh, you can request an invite, and he has a link here. Uh, oh, it's over at uh, LiveSurface.com. Uh, he's starting to use it. He's been starting to use it just yesterday, and it's. He says it's certifiably awesome in my book. Hence, sharing with you. Enjoy. And he's got a link here. And has a little bit of a video. So um, now, 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 Alex is a bit of a designer. He's actually been helping a, a little bit with some uh, cover designs uh, for some of the wrestling DVDs we, we're doing around here. Um, so. Let's see if we can kind of get the idea what's going on here. We got a little video here. Sorry for your audio listeners. So it looks like it's kind of just like an asset management uh, sort of situation in uh, Illustrator. This is the best thing ever and uh, came out just in time for his portfolio class. So. So awesome. Go check that out if you're into some design, if you're into uh, some... Oh, I see. You can throw the pattern right on a 3D object. Uh, he's got, like, the this, this front of this building. They're showing in this demo here, and they just tossed it on. That's real cool. I might toss that at my uh, design class tomorrow. Um, cool. So with that, let me double check, see if that other one came in. I don't see anything. So, all right, let's get into the news, guys. First of all, um, so does anybody here use Google Reader? Is anybody here not going to be using Google Reader in a couple months along with me? Yes. Yes. Considering <laughs> I'm the one who broke it to you. Yeah, um, yes, yes. Yeah, it, it, it was just heartbreaking. Uh, I have a daily, I have a morning routine. It doesn't matter what time I wake up. It doesn't matter what's going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I wake up, I turn off my coffee pot, I turn on the local news, I grab my phone, and I open my Google Reader. I, I try to stay up to date with the video game news the best I can, and so it has everything I could ever possibly want to read already bookmarked for me. Mm -hmm. And now I have to change that? Yeah. I, I don't like it. It, it Quite frankly, it, it angers me. Officially last week, Google announces that's going to end uh, in July, uh, Google Reader as a service, uh, which had everybody, what was that Thursday night it happened? Yeah. Had everybody clamoring for, uh, for, for a new alternative. So See, bad that all the options that popped up were, were getting DOS from everybody trying them. Yeah, trying it, it, was, it was one of those things where, it, like... And it was funny because my first thought was, oh, let's go to Twitter. Let's see what other readers people are using. And right off the bat, there were like top five readers you should use instead of Google yeah, Reader. Now Life, Life Hacker came through in a hurry. <laughs> they uh, they threw up a, uh, an article with the links and uh, said which ones you should use. Mm -hmm. And it was uh, v extremely helpful. I haven't switched yet. I, I'm kind of in denial now. <laughs> Are you in the maybe I don't need a reader? You're just like, oh, maybe they're, they're not going to do this. They're going to petition or something, right? Right. Yeah, I, I'm like, maybe it'll get canceled and I waste all that work for nothing. Uh, Walt, are you a reader user? I was going to say is that I'm probably the reason why Google Reader got canceled. I was, I was one of the people who used to use it heavily. And in the past, I'd say maybe like a year, I've kind of like tinkered off and not really used it 
um, at all in favor of like Twitter or Tumblr or getting my news from other sources. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's definitely it, it kind of hit me because I, I I'm like you, Chuch. I have like I don't know how many I've had that cultivated after how many years. Um, I, I started going through the, well, let's try something else. Um, I, I would love to just use Flipboard, but it doesn't really work for the massive stuff I have. And just to import all the sites I've amassed over the years, it's ridiculous. Um, but going along with this other story, I'm kind of glad I picked what I did. Uh, so let me get the, this up so I can get the number straight. Feedly came out with a pretty good bombshell the same day. Uh, that they actually had been working on this for a while, because I think the writing had been on the wall for a bit here. Uh, this article up uh, from The Verge, Feedly could save Google Reader clients with a cloned API. Uh, I know when it, when it was recommended over and I started playing with it, uh, apparently, because Feedly basically, and I'll, I have my feed up here so you can kind of see it too, it basically takes your Google Reader and it just puts just imports it in uh, with its kind of skin, right? Like a pretty nice kind of you know, news pagey kind of feel to it, right? Um, and so, you know, Google going away would have been a pretty bad thing for these guys. Apparently, they've already been working on a way to move themselves away from Google Reader. They're going to clone the API. Uh, they said that if when if you're in Google Reader and you sign up for Feedly, when the date comes down and, and uh, you know, Google Reader goes away, it'll be seamless and your stuff will now be in Feedly. So these guys seem to step out of the darkness with, <laughs> with a solution. And thanks to that, they uh, uh, gained over uh, more than uh, uh, 500,000 Google Reader users in two days. So I, I think that's a pretty strong uh, a statement there, right, Chach? Oh, yeah. Um, they, they, they were prepared, and they got off the blocks quick. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, chances are that's where I'll end up. But like I said, for, as of right now, I'm not. I'm not going anywhere. I'm in denial. <laughs> but see, what I don't get is that wouldn't Google want to? I don't get why Google would want to end it because their whole system is based on ads and knowing about people's, you know, um, just about their data. So it's like, wouldn't you want to know what, what like what people are reading so you can throw ads against them in some other, you know, service that they have? Like you know, if I'm if they know that I read Time magazine then they can know to throw an ad against me when I'm on Gmail or Google Voice or something. It just, mm-hmm. I, it doesn't really seem like it. I don't really get why they stopped, why well, they stopped it. It just seemed like that they could easily monetize it. I think, I think there's a couple things happening here. Maybe they're not seeing enough monetization for as much effort goes into this. Now on the effort side, uh, the words, there was go, no effort. It, it, it sounds anything. like there was no effort, right? You haven't seen an update. Like they added Google it's plus. Like five, it's been like five years. They haven't done anything. Yeah. And apparently like they don't even have anybody actively working on this. Like to a point where something went wrong, we have to pull somebody from another project to go work on it. Um, that's the word going around. Uh, and as far as, as how useful it is for ads, again, maybe not enough people use it that it's worth the money that it does generate from those ads. Or I, I think more of the case is it's not, uh, they couldn't figure out a good way for it to integrate with Google Plus that made sense. Which is the thing that what I'm thinking is like, are they almost doing it so people leave that thinking that they would have went to Google Plus and now everyone's going to Feedly. So, I mean, do they almost like step and I don't feel like they didn't do the proper thing to say, hey, this is going away, but we have a solution to replace it. Right. Like they right. just said, they hey, said the this part. is going away. <laughs> right. Good luck. Right. 
And it was somebody, uh, somebody tweeted, uh, I feel like it was Doug or somebody. Um, they were like, it, it said, uh, uh, this service is going to shut down in July. Da, 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 da. If you want to export it, go to this link. Okay. I was like, no, I don't want to click. Okay. That's not okay with me. You know, uh, I, and, and, you know, and I had got to the feeling, I, I feel like Google Reader had been kind of the closet service for a while because I was still using it. I, th- I started thinking I was the only one because nobody talks about Google Reader. Um, so, you know, obviously there's not much going on. It works. There's nobody complaining about it. Nothing's improving on it. It just works and people are, are, are good with it, right? Um, then I found out everybody's still using it. Holy crap, everybody's still using it. <laughs> well, what's there to talk about? Yeah. Exactly. I, 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 it worked. It worked because he got you the stuff for you to talk about. Right. It, it got us stuff never, for the show. I but, I cannot remember a time where I tried to go to Google Reader and couldn't. Mm-hmm. I, I mean... <laughs> Unlike Gmail. Right. I, <laughs> I, I went to Google Reader uh, either in a browser or on my phone... And it just worked. Mm-hmm. There was no, I mean, it wasn't the prettiest. Are they just reader. sick of hosting the server? Was that what? No, I was saying is that it wasn't like the prettiest reader. It wasn't like aesthetically nice. I mean, it was pretty ugly, in fact. But at least it did work. But yeah, the, the thing that I don't get is like Google can't be surprised that everyone left for Feedly or that five hundred thousand people left. I mean, they knew. I mean, they have all the stats internally, so they would know whether you know whether readers still being used or not. So, like, if they had saw that maybe people weren't using it anymore, then that's when I would stop it. But I mean, to, to have five hundred thousand, like half a million people leave for just one uh, competitor on the first day is like. Google had to know that they were. It's, it, it, doing it, it's stupid. very, very jarring, right? So really weird. Um, but but at weird. Least, maybe that's why they, they didn't because they're like, well, we're okay if you guys go over here. You know, we it, we don't. I, I still think it's a uh, we we think you guys are going to get more if you're coming over to Google Plus. Anyways, we can get more information on you so we can do our job and make more money better. Um, you know, I, I I didn't see where Reader really kind of played into any. Uh, uh, optimization for their search or, or anything else. Um, it was just, I don't know, it was a good tool. That's the thing. It was a really good tool, right? Um, you know, even even the option, like I think they did with, I think Wave, they even open sourced it, right? Uh, so, so people can take that and do whatever with it. Um, not with this. So uh, just part of their cleaning house. And I think we're going to see, uh, you know, long, long as they're not getting anything that's more vital, although this is pretty vital to a lot of people. Well, it's vital to, I think, you and I, but my parents don't know about no. like RSS feeds. So I think that's when Google's like, well, we want Android or we want Chrome operating system or whatever to be kind of like mainstream products. And we want to get a, just cut the ties from this like RSS stuff and just make it so our grandparents can kind of understand it. And I think that's where they kind of almost uh, had to bite the bullet. And they knew that it was going to maybe suck for the first year, like starting yesterday, it was going to suck. But I think that they want to become more of a mainstream applications company and less of these kind of like niche markets. And I mean, half a million is still niche to Google. You know, I mean, that's not I mean, that's a lot of people to us. I guess it's a lot of people to Google, but it's not like mainstream numbers. You know, you're not talking like 50 million or 60 million people. Yeah, Uh, it's it's it'll be a hard transition. And and I know I, I was already kind of. Not like halfway out the door. I was actually using other things 
Like I was using Flipboard actually uh, for the mobile side of using Google Reader because you don't use Google Reader online. That does not work on a mobile device. <laughs> so um, I don't know. We'll see what happens there. I, I, I don't know. With with this big of an outcry, you know, you never know. So, all right, what else is going on, guys? Uh, hey, Facebook's going to get hashtags finally. Oh, Yay! so there'll be a purpose for seeing hashtags in my Facebook feed. So I, I don't look like a goof when I, my tweets get automatically posted <laughs> on Facebook and I have hashtags on them, right? So That's just Facebook trying to become more like Tumblr. That's what, <laughs> that's what I think it is. Is that no, the really, I mean, you can't, you can't search Facebook. No. You know? No, it's ridiculous. You, you, need, you need tags because there's too much conversation going on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't really follow an event. I mean, what, I guess, I guess, really in the long run, I think Facebook kind of just works a different way, where uh, you create a space on there to talk about an event. You know, like we have, we have a pretty good group going on for the Wrestling Mayhem show, and if there's anything going on with like you know Raw last night or something to say about it, and we want it to be on Facebook, we go to that group, right? Um, and the conversation happens because that's where the community is. But there's definitely not a broad thing going on there. And, and Google Plus, I think, does it pretty well. Auto generates them, and, uh, and and they they trend up and everything along with just regular words. Um, but still, you know, obviously, you know, Google Plus isn't really a destination for live tweeting or anything like that either. So, um, I don't know. Are you, are you, do you see much use for it otherwise? I mean, is this just kind of a, a we're finally catching up kind of situation? Yeah, do I see Facebook tags being useful? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it's more... I, I think that Facebook's search engine is going to be based on tags, mm-hmm. whereas Google's search engine is going to be based on content. And like the, I, I think tags are more for like live events and, tops of, and topics of conversation, which is what Facebook is. It's kind of like one-to-one. And uh, Google is kind of like one to many, you know, like a blog to 10,000 people. Facebook's more of like, you know, talking to your friends about what car you bought or the type of day you're having or, you know, let's go out and have dinner or something. It's going to be kind of like a, you know, like a social circle where Google is more of like a social, um, you, you know, universe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, there was a, I know some of the discussion on Facebook is of them kind of becoming the AOL of uh, uh of web services because like people there are people that don't know the internet outside of facebook like legitimately like you know people's moms and stuff right um and the way their their recent card was search it's useful ish but like i i don't i don't find myself with much reason to use it the way they want me to you know i actually just kind of plug something in here just like friends who like professional wrestling i was like well i know these guys they're my friends of course they, i know this right but I, I i haven't really seen much reason to have to dig in on my friends uh, to see who likes uh, such and such right um other than that you know it, it's just kind of in the way I hate Facebook. I don't go on Facebook much anymore. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I'm not even kidding. Like I, have, I've been on Facebook. I think maybe like twice in the past month, just to like mm-hmm. post something. But that's it. It's like I, I don't. It's it's. I don't enjoy going on Facebook. We we had a good discussion about this last time, but it, it's the place where my my family's finally arrived and all the general pipelines has arrived. So I have to communicate with them on there. Like this is how stuff gets booked anymore. Is Facebook just like MySpace was back in the day when we did the music stuff? Uh, with the, you know, it, this is this is how people communicate. It, it's like you know, there's no email to some of these people anymore. So, which 
has its own problems because when we move on and this becomes the next MySpace, uh, you know, what happens? Everybody's got to transition and everybody's going to fall behind, right? So, all right. Um, other interesting, you know, of course, I, I follow a lot of the cord cutting kind of uh, stories. Uh, this isn't cord cutting, but it could be a result of. Uh, I think, did we talk about the Cablevision uh, story in the last couple of weeks about them uh, wanting to change their contract? Probably not on here. Um, but there was one where Cablevision was actually uh, trying to, I think, I think sue for antitrust with uh, one of the stations that they carry uh, or one of the conglomerates like Viacom or something uh, because they were making them pay for the stations that they know nobody watches. <laughs> we know what we're talking about, right? Oh, is that like the dish thing? Is that like the dish versus Cablevision tobacco, or am I thinking of something else? I, no, no, that's that's a different one. That's a different okay. one. It's, it's a different situation. But it's the idea that you know, uh, well, the, the, the follow-up story that I'm trying to get to here. Verizon uh, only wants to pay for the TV channels its viewers are watching. So basically, what Verizon wants to do with their FiOS TV service is uh, uh, go to go to let's say you know to to Viacom, uh, uh, you know, and they have all kinds of stations. They have you know, what do they have? Like, well, obviously CBS and then Daily, uh, not Daily Show. Uh, this is how gone off of TV I am since I haven't had it for years. Uh, what, Comedy Central, uh, Spike TV, and they probably have a bunch of lower ones, some kind of food TV ripoff, Home and Garden ripoff, Speed TV. I, I don't know which ones are actually owned by them. So basically, they want to be able to offer all those those uh, stations, but say your little Speed TV doesn't get washed or your while this is accurate, G4 doesn't get watched, they don't want to pay you as much for it. Uh, pay the station as much for it, because they're like, well, well, I have this on here, but nobody's watching it. So, interesting, between this and the Cablevision de decision, uh, or, or attempt, uh, this interesting situation where, where the cable companies, after like protecting everything after all the, these years, are finally going back on the stations and saying, uh, uh, no, we don't want to do this this way anymore because because we're just giving you money for no reason sometimes. Right. So, um, Chachi, I know uh, I know you're you're a bit, still a big cable subscriber. Um, I gotta watch my sports. You gotta watch your sports, of course. I have my sports. But, 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 See, I don't, I completely cut the cable. I mean, my life yeah. is so much easier. Don't be fooled. There's no cable that goes into this television over here. This is just <laughs> pure legacy. This no, is for like, show, I, right? I totally, uh, you know, I'm all like Roku, Netflix, yeah. um, you know, phone, just, you know. Antenna. Living, just living easy, living simple, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, 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 and But this is still interesting because that affects what I, I think stories like this affect what kind of content ends up coming to us corp cutters, right? Correct. You know, yeah, there's great stories going around about, uh, well, ABC is going to start doing a live streaming app. Uh, of course, it's going to be for people to have cable still, like, much like HBO goes for uh, cable, cable subscribers as well. But it, it seems like there's more and more infighting going on. Uh, the numbers are definitely lowering as far as people that subscribe to cable. They're blaming it, I think, purely on the economy in the reports they put out recently. Um, not, you know, alternatives. But I think, honestly, I think the economy leads these people to these alternatives like the Roku boxes and everything. Sure. Yeah. It's just putting your head in the ground. You know, it's like, yeah. I mean, you're I mean, you're not you're not really paying attention to the disruption. And it's not like it just happened yesterday. Like the disruption of the Internet and all these kind of like uh, kind of like these small companies coming out mm -hmm. and kind of like disrupting like the cable companies. Uh, it, it, like, like it, I mean, it's been happening for the past decade. I mean, they I mean, they've 
they've they've laughed in the faces of it, and now they're kind of like kind of facing it, which is really crazy. Now, what I want to think is that if you're cable vision, you got to be thinking like, do you have access to the numbers that Verizon sees? Like, how do you know that Verizon is going to report the numbers correctly? Like, oh, this only you know this amount of people watched this show or something, so pay us this amount of money. Well, do they get to audit these numbers and kind of like have access to their data? Of what they're seeing on their back end. I mean, there's got to be some kind of. Well, I you mean, know, well, I think well, everything's being based on the Nielsen families, right? Which is only but a sample. Nielsen's not accurate, though. No, no, that's, I mean, well, that's, that's old school. I mean, that, that, that's, that's a whole other debate as whether you know, yeah, it's three thousand people. And there's actually a really good email uh, on this week's frame rate at the end of it over on Twit.tv, where uh, a Nielsen family person emailed in and says, "This is what they do," you know, uh, and it sounds like a ridiculous process. Like for all the stuff they do on there. If you don't report in in 45 minutes and click your button, up to 16 lights will start blinking at you. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. And, uh, oh, was Chachi about to say, say something? Did I come no, 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 it was just uh, the 16 lights alerting you to press a button. Yeah. <laughs> you know, no, but music also goes through that same exact thing where they have like their billboard. You know, like of mm-hmm. like their charts and all. Mm-hmm. Um, those aren't accurate at all. You know, because th- those don't take. I mean, it just like two weeks ago, they they just announced that they're taking into account like YouTube views and mm-hmm. the amount of people talking on Twitter and like kind of like newer things. But those are. I mean, it's been the internet's been around for almost twenty years now. Jeez, I, I did. Um, I did the uh, was it Armatron for the radio, like one of those surveys where they they literally they sent me a notebook. They had to fill out, how much did you listen to such and such station? How much did you listen to this? And I'm like, no, nah, I didn't listen. No, nah, I didn't listen. You know, it was ridiculous. You know, Yeah, all these kind of like metrics, um, they're very, yeah, versus, they're very outdated. And somebody like Verizon is saying, hey, we know exactly how much the station's getting flipped through because we have a box in everybody's home that gives us all the stats. You know, we we know exactly what's going on out there. And guess what? Two people are watching your speed network and we don't want to pay you what we've been paying you for it as if other people are watching it, you know. And that idea, you know, and I think this is the thing where I think advertising breaks down. And that's why nobody wants to jump to the web. And that's why numbers aren't big on, on, on the web because we know exactly how many eyeballs are on it versus versus you're paying big, big dollars for this is how many eyeballs we think are watching this, you know. And it's like right. you don't know how many newspapers are getting ready. You don't know how many newspapers are lying in a birdcage, you know. Um, it's just it, it, people are afraid of that because if you put real numbers, real eyeballs on these things, then your entire model, everybody loses money because they don't want to pay for what they're not getting. And now that you prove they're not getting it, it all falls out. Mm-hmm. So. Um, see what else we got here real quick. Uh, Adobe phasing out box copies of creative, creative suite in Acrobat. Who's bought a box copy in the last how many years? <laughs> right. I, it, you know, I guess they're still at Staples, right? Or something. Um, I, this is actually kind of, uh, I, I finally, we talked about last week, uh, actually thanks to, uh, I believe Alex Carr's, uh, last week, uh, told us about the student discount for uh adobe creative cloud which uh i definitely pass along to my students this week uh and also because i'm a teacher completely jumped on that uh because it just i 
don't use that software day to day and it'd be good to just be using the same software the kids are. Uh, wow, Creative Cloud's kind of nice. It's really like its own Apple Store kind of experience or App Store kind of experience, right? So, especially since I can't find my box copy of CS4. Um, so, I don't know, just another step, right, guys? You laugh about the box copy thing, but I just got a box copy <laughs> of my music software. With a book. Last week. Well, this that. is the book. This is the this is the instruction manual. That's the manual. Isn't that crazy? But uh no, it's like so a lot of these things in the back, there's like a secret like serial number that you can only get on one copy of the book. So the reason why people are still physical is for like the whole piracy thing. And mm-hmm. so I, I think it's I mean companies I think tend to get very they go I mean this is I think an overkill. But um no, I mean, I, I get it. Like, I, I would love to download my software, but the reason why I think companies don't, you know, are still kind of doing, like, the boxed uh, versions of things is because of, you know, like, the serial number and the old way of doing it. So, And I think also somebody like Adobe or Apple, you know, Apple's kind of providing the solution for people. Correct. I, I think you go with, like, you know, bigger companies like that can provide a solution where, okay, you're registered. I know exactly when you've logged in with this serial number. I know it's attached to your account that you shouldn't be giving out to anybody. I know you're allowed to download this on so many computers, like my Apple software. Like my Apple, I, I can only download onto five computers my copy of Final Cut Pro that I paid 300 bucks for. Uh, but still, that's better than the old. We had to pay $1,000 per, per box that was this big that included a bunch of those books just like you showed me, right? Yeah. <laughs> just to get a stack of DVDs in that serial code, right? Oh, the DVDs are crazy. Like, it comes in like, it, like I mean, it comes in a pack of like 12 because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it's like 8 gigabytes of data and a CD is only like 700 megs or something. Uh, no, you know, I mean, oh, this is even worse. It's DVDs with studio. It was, uh, what was it? It was Final Cut, uh, the, uh, not, not Audition, the Soundtrack Pro, uh, the DVD software, color software, uh, motion, plus all the content. Most of the stuff's the content they give you. All the, all the tracks and the templates and all, all the graphic assets and stuff. And that was like seven DVDs worth of stuff. You yeah. Now, granted, they've they've really stripped it down for what they put in the app store for for you know the Final Cut Motion and compressor. Uh, but other than that, you know, but still with 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 the Photoshop, like I I think that's another thing where it's like, oh, did I did I deactivate my serial code before I reformatted this this iMac last week? That's some that's a process I had to go through because we completely didn't do that one time uh, at my old job, and I was like, great, now we have to deal this and, and, and call Adobe. You know, yep, that um, happened to me before where I forgot to deactivate a license and I had to put it onto a new hardware that I was going to reformat. I got a new drive, it was like a solid state drive. And when you forget to deactivate it on your old one, you start thinking, like, oh my goodness, should I, should, should I reinstall my old hard drive just <laughs> to deactivate that one switch? You know, or should I give a call to corporate, which we can all admit it just sucks because they're slow and, you know. Uh, they're difficult to work with, but um, no, you know, I, I mean, the old ways of doing it, just because they don't want to give up like their 30%, which I guess makes sense. They don't want to go through like a middleman yeah. store. Yeah, and that's why um, you won't see Photoshop in the app store anytime soon, I don't think. No, no, because well, their heads are their heads are too big. But but they provided, so far, I'll see if there's any problems, and I'm sure I'll bitch about them here on this show. Uh, so far, the solution seems elegant for what Adobe provides, and I'm sure there's some people out there that probably had a lot more experience with this. Um, but 
it's definitely better than the where the heck did I put my DVD and my serial code? You know, to the point where I when I took that serial code off, I put it in Evernote so I wouldn't lose it again. Um, so I know it's out there in the cloud. I emailed it to myself and I put it in Evernote so I know it's out there and I won't lose it again, right? Um, you know, same thing with an old copy of Final Cut Studio that still has that. You know, just in case I still need the, you know, somebody sends me a Final Cut 7 file and I have to deal with it, right? Um, but yeah, it's really just like that annoying legacy thing at this point. It was like, you know what, just to, just so I don't have to bother with it again. Here's my money, you know. It's just like that Steam thing. How many times, uh, Chachi, I don't think you've done this as much, but I know my brother and I have, where we, we have rebought most of the games that we played 15 years ago on Steam so we didn't have to worry about it anymore. You know, Doom, Quake, Unreal Tournament, you know, stuff like that. It's like Quake! <laughs> you know what, I have an old uh, Quake DVD that, you know, I bought, like, whatever, 15 years ago. That's not running on uh, Windows 8, right? <laughs> I, should really re- I should really reinstall that today. I mean, imagine, like, how good it would look, too, on today's computers. Oh, well, how fast it would be. Sure. Yeah, well, you know, how would it do? If it's Quake 1, they don't even have the drivers for it, probably, because it was all, like, 3DFX cars and crap. <laughs> right, yeah. So it's going to run completely software, no 3D hardware help, but really fast. Um, actually, probably too fast, because they probably didn't program it with a ceiling. Um, that's a whole other story. Well... On that note, uh, guys, it's time for us to get out of here. We have to get out of here so we can go talk. Uh, so I know we did a little bit here, but get uh, uh, all gaming with Let's Play uh, here on the live night here. Uh, 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 Walt, thanks for joining us. Yeah, man, no doubt. Thanks for having me. You got any plugs you want to throw out there or replug or anything like that? Uh, I write, I, so I arrange a pop song for orchestra every week. Yep. And uh, if you want to come check it out, just go to fortorchestra.com. That's F-O-R, orchestra. And uh, that's it. It's kind of a cool thing I do. Um, cool community. We all kind of just hang out. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's it. You uh, you showed me last week you're working with somebody uh, of, of a particular interest to the internet crowd, right? Yeah. Uh, Tay Zande and I, we collaborated on, on our first of, uh, of many songs. We did, Sky, we did Skyrim, so I'm sure that Chachi's excited about that but actually actually bobby in the chat room is all for skyrim what what, so it's it's like skyrim themed songs uh yeah well well, so this first week we did was the skyrim theme song okay um so we're doing pokemon uh coming up next week so it's like an exclusive for you guys it's you know only you guys know about that right now and i guess everyone in, in the world now but uh you know so you know we're doing like a new one uh, every week, and we have a couple more coming out, which are going to be pretty fun. But no, it's, I mean, it's all, I mean, if you hear Teizande singing the Pokemon theme song, and like really well too, I mean, like I arrange them, and then I, you know, then he sings, sings over top of them. Uh, it's actually pretty cool. I mean, it, so- it sounds great with like the deep voice with the high flute. It's kind of a beautiful sound, I think. It sounds awesome. Awesome. And that's all uh, linked up for Orchestra site? Uh, you know what? Uh, Tay. It's funny. I, I don't have Tezane's. You're just reminding me. I should maybe put the song that I worked with Tay, or like the, like the actual like, um, what do you call it? Uh, like the actual like number of songs that I'm doing with him mm-hmm. every week. I should post them all on my site, which I don't have. But they're all on iTunes. If you go to iTunes or Bandcamp or Amazon or or or, or, or oh, wait, whatever. I got it. I got it here. Yeah. His channel. Actually, if you go if you go through uh, uh, his link to iTunes, yeah, yeah, there it is right there. There you yeah. go. Great picture. <laughs> yeah, dude, you know, it's great. Well, so what's funny is I said to him, you know, I was like, 
that's a great picture. Like, where did you get that picture? And then he's like, oh, that's just the screen cap from my video. I said, oh, yeah, that makes complete sense. Like, why didn't I think of that? Awesome. So uh, there you go. Bobby F. J. Town, go buy that. I know you'll be into that. Uh, so thanks a lot, Walt, for Orchestra.com. Chashi? Yeah. You're still here. What up? You're doing things. I, I try. You try. At yeah. AnswerCoinToBegin.com. Yep. At Chashi Says. Yep. So one day you're going to do the plugs for yourself. I know. One day. It's more fun listening to you list them off. <laughs> and of course, unsung. Uh, we're uh, well. Uh, what, what is our story this week? Go check that out. Uh, <laughs> I don't know where we're going to be for that this week. I'm going to have to read my calendar. Doing. I just know it's shooting tomorrow. Uh, yeah. But no, that comes out every two weeks. Go check that out. PittsburghOnVideo.org. Uh, hey, this show's on Pittsburgh Video. PittsburghOnVideo.org. Uh, really proud to be part of that site. Also, check us out at AwesomeCast.com for all the episodes listed and contacts and all that kind of fun stuff. Uh, drop us a line at contact at AwesomeCast.com. Tweet us at AwesomeCast. Also, uh, you can join us here live. You know, just like just like these guys. They have been uh, bouncing stuff at us all night, giving their awesome things of the week, uh, including Alex, Tom, uh, Walt's in there. Hey, Walt's in there too. Uh, Wrestle fan and Alex Tonio, all those guys. Um, and I forgot what I was bringing up over here. Oh, look for the chat room. Live.sorgatronmedia.com every Tuesday, 7 p.m. Eastern Time. And of course, you can download the show, like I said, on the PittsburghOnVideo.org, YouTube, iTunes, Stitcher, uh, on your Roku box via the Blip.tv app, and other places wherever you can find the awesomeness um, in video and audio forms. Thanks, everybody. Thanks to our awesome chat room. Uh, you've been our awesome audience. Have an awesome week. Awesome.